Welcome to episode six of Ricardo's podcast. Uh, we're recording this now. What are we? February second, Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, but also Australian Open Sunday. Um, I was meant to record a little bit earlier, but unfortunately, the studio I'd been recording out of for the last two episodes uh, was off limits. My man was traveling to Dubai, so I couldn't really get in to um, record anything. But next week I will be able to. So it's funny because I went out, bought this microphone. Um, what else did I buy? Mic stand, headphones, the whole nine. Didn't have a mixer. Called somebody up, asked them to send me a mixer. They sent me a Serato. I'm sitting there with a bunch of recording equipment that I have no idea how to use. So I'm just like, you know what? Let me just go back to the old microphone, old USB microphone, plug it into my laptop and get busy. So today, actually, what I really wanted to talk about was the Australian Open final. I just finished watching it maybe 45 minutes ago, uh, so my thoughts are still they're still clear. I've formulated them. I, I, I think the big thing about the final was just that it showed this difference between talent and real belief in championship grit. So it was Novak Djokovic versus uh, Dominique Thiem. I uh, went five sets. Djokovic won the first set. Then Thiem took the second and third set. And so for a moment there, I had these flashbacks of the 2009 Australian Open, not Australian Open, but U.S. Open final when Del Potro had beaten Federer. And the way that one played out looked like it was going to be similar to this one, where the better player took the first set, seems to be in control. And then out of nowhere, there's just this wave from the other player. And before you know it, it's over and Del Potro won the U.S. Open. I I got some of those vibes around the third set when team was really, really flowing. But one of the things I also know about tennis is that it's the fourth and fifth sets that really matter because that's when you really start having, you know, to really dig deep because either you're about to win it or for the other player, they're thinking they're about to be eliminated. So it's 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 really crunch time. And in this one, what really happened was that after the third set, you know, beginning of the fourth, Djokovic kept calling for the medics saying he was tired. Um, he was wobbling a little bit. I don't know if he was rope-a-doping or if he was really tired, but the impact it had on him was that early in the fourth set, he really started pushing, and he really started, you know, forcing the issue a little bit, going for winners in a manner that he normally doesn't. And then out of nowhere, he just switched it back and then started playing more defensive tennis. And what you saw was team just started unraveling. He started hitting these unforced errors. He started hitting backhand shots that normally would fall in bounds were three feet out of bounds. He started forcing the issue. He started hitting shots long. He started hitting shots into the net. And there was one particular point, I think it was maybe at 2-3 in the fourth set when team was 15 up in the in the game. Um, and he had this forehand. Djokovic is running to his right. He's got him on the run. And he's got all the time in the world to hit that shot to Djokovic's left and go up 30 love. Instead, what he does is he hits it to his right and Djokovic returns it. And before you know it, instead of 30 love, we're at 15-15. And I remember tweeting at that point that that might be the most important point of the match. Because from there, it just all started unraveling. And Djokovic, he didn't really... It wasn't a moment where you felt like he turned it on and really started coming back and hitting shots and, you know, varying his play. What he really started doing was just deciding, look... I'm going to keep the ball in play and eventually team will make errors. And that's what happened in the fourth set. That's what happened in the fifth set. And before you know it, the match was over and you had Novak Djokovic sitting there with his eighth um, Australian Open title. And, you know, I, I mentioned before about this difference between talent and the real grit that it takes to win a championship. And we saw it on 
on display here because there were many times when Djokovic maybe could have folded. You you saw him being tired. You saw him, you know, calling for the trainer. But at no point during that match did I ever think that he was going to quit. But I think team, when he started seeing his opportunity, you know, he's this tennis prodigy. It's it's his moment. And he got nervous and he got wobbly. And he started hitting his shots long and he started playing uncharacteristically tight. And I think that's what really happens in the big moments and the big points in tennis is that it's no longer about whether or not you're talented enough. It's really about can you hold your nerve and can you really, you know, put this champion away that's across from you? Because I think maybe in another match, if this was a first round match, a second round match, team probably doesn't feel the same kind of pressure but right here he's sitting and the thing he's dreamt about since he was a kid is staring at him the opportunity to win a grand slam in tennis and he bottled it there's really no other way to really put it i don't want to say he choked but he certainly played in a way that suggested his nerves got the best of him and so we're looking at another grand slam tournament where one of the big three is walking away as the winner and I think this season we're probably going to see more of a big two. I think Federer's time as, you know, a Grand Slam winner is over. It doesn't mean that he's no longer a competitive player. It doesn't mean he's no longer a player who can play at the highest level. But I, I don't see a world where he's winning a Grand Slam this season. And, I, you know, I just want to talk a little bit about Djokovic and give him his flowers, you know, because this is someone who came into tennis at a time when tennis was really gripped by the Nadal-Federer rivalry, and in some ways still is. But what Djokovic has done is historic, and he's now looking like probably the most peerless tennis player I've seen ever. I mean, even when Federer was at his prime, and to be clear, I still think Federer is probably the most talented tennis player I've ever seen. But even at his best, there was always this fear that if Federer came up against Nadal, maybe he would lose. And we saw that in Wimbledon in 2008, We saw that in the Australian Open in 2009. And so there was never really a time in Federer's career where I felt he was invincible, even though he was winning a lot. I always felt like if he came up against Nadal, he's going to have a long night. And right now, I don't have that feeling about Djokovic when he faces anyone. I feel like when he's on the court, when he's playing at his best, there's really no one else who has a chance. And so to be interesting to see, I mean... I think he's going to get more than 20 majors. I think he's going to retire with more majors than Federer. I, I think it's going to be hard to keep him out of the conversation for the greatest player ever, even though I, I think sometimes, you know, look, in basketball, Bill Russell has the most titles, but Jordan's seen as the greatest. But the difference here is that these three men are contemporaries, and Federer hasn't beaten Djokovic in a Grand Slam in 10 years, and I don't think... the. I think the last six times they played in Grand Slams, he's won. So, you know, the the numbers are starting to skew in his favor. I think he's 27 and 21. Don't quote me on that. I, I, that's, that's the number I think it is in terms of his record against Federer in Grand Slams. So, you know, congrats to Djokovic. Congrats on, you know, his eighth Australian Open uh, title. I think he's at 17 majors now, which puts him only three behind... Um, Federer, again, I I could be wrong. I'm quoting those numbers off the top of my head, but I think it's either 17 or 16. And so, you know, I I think this season in men's tennis is going to kind of play out the way the others have, which is we're going to be looking at Nadal and Djokovic and maybe Federer gets hot at Wimbledon because I think for sure he's going to skip 
the French Open like he has in previous years just to preserve himself for our grass court season. So that's it for men's tennis um, at the Australian Open. I think on the women's side, just a few words. Uh, congrats to Sophia Kennan for winning her first Grand Slam title. Um, you know, she, she defeat, defeated uh, the Spanish woman in, in the final. And so now she's, you know, I, I think the big thing in women's tennis is that there just aren't any dominant players on tour right now which makes it a lot more dynamic, which makes it more interesting, but there isn't anyone with the dominance that Prime Serena had. And I think sports is probably better when there's someone who rises above the field and is kind of the one with the target on their back going into each of the big tournaments. But right now, women's tennis doesn't have that player, but what it means is that, you know, we're always gonna get surprises and it's gonna be much more exciting than the men's field, which, you know, for all intents and purposes, we can kind of, two or three any one of three names out of the hat and be fairly certain that one of them will be the one to win it and so let's see what happens this season going forward uh congrats again to Sofia Kennan and Novak Djokovic and that's a wrap for the Australian Open uh once again thanks for listening if you like the content subscribe share with your friends um and yeah so thanks a lot and that's it for episode six of Ricardo's podcast <laughs>